Hey, Peppin. Going down to South Park, gonna have myself time. Whoa, what you singing there? South Park. Oh, is that the opening to South Park by the brand Primus? Primus is a great band. Prim- I, 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 is, I, oh, my God. They are very original, and that is one of the biggest metrics I use to decide. We need to talk about South Park. Welcome back. So glad you guys could join us. That is one of the greatest metrics that I use to decide whether uh, something is good or not, in my opinion, is originality. It plays such a huge role. And also, fun fact, fun, fun fact, Primus is the only band to have their own genre in the ID3 tags. Whoa! What is it? Is there, what's their genre? Primus. Oh, they are their own genre. And what would you yeah. – let's say you had to give them uh, one a genre that wasn't their name. What would you – what genre would you put Primus under? Dysphoric rock. Dysphoric rock? That's genius. Yes, that pretty much perfectly describes them. You know, I'm actually pretty proud of myself for that one, I have to say. <laughs> I would call them um, uh, dissonance. Good dissonance. <laughs> Good old dissonance. Th- that that's a great band name right there. Good dissonance. <laughs> that's an awful band name. So Steve, talking about South Park, how did you come into the show? Um, I don't remember. Really, you don't remember? No. I mean, because we watched it like constantly in college. Well, yeah, we watched the new episodes as they came out. I mean, and we we laughed quite heavily at them. Yeah, well, I mean, for the most part, I remember some of the episodes where we were like, "Yeah, that's pretty funny." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that around when the coon came out? Um, maybe. I know. I remember watching uh, the water park episode with P. That that one is pretty ingenious. It, it really is. The pH level. There's pretty much <laughs> no H. You know that that is something that alludes to like, like a topic in general where there's certain things that people do which they'll say they. You know, you know, certain things people do where it's like, if you don't do that, it's crazy. What, what, what kind of monster would do that? Like, I guess putting the seat down on the toilet. There's households where they always do that. And if you leave it up, they like, they'll be like, what, what the fuck are you doing, man? Why? What, what are you doing to this household? Mm, so you're talking about social normities that are unique? Like very personal normities that people think are universal. Oh, so social normities that people push on everybody else and expect everybody else to already follow. Yeah, yeah, like peeing in the shower. What's wrong with that? I don't think anything's wrong with that, but there's plenty of people, like the episode showed, that, you know, or, you know, was talking about it. They find that, like, how could you? Well, there was, like, one person in that show who didn't like that. I've been involved in conversations. And yeah. those conversations, like, how could you? And then, you know, people were, like, are 50 50 on that. Hmm. I like when they piss on the monkey. I don't. Was that a thing? Yeah, because they were using monkeys to determine how they were going to. Um, cure people who because <laughs> the monkeys would all get crazy and then they had to shoot them so they'd piss on a monkey and then they'd be mad and they'd shoot it and then they give it a banana and it's okay <laughs> it's even funny when you give like a wicked overview of the episode <laughs> but then to see it actually happening it's so much clev- more clever 
Mm-hmm. And there's one thing, one thing, where I don't still believe it's true, and this is something that I've seen on the internet. I haven't seen it in real life. I'm tempted to look up videos because I don't, I don't believe people really do it. And apparently when people, like, uh, are wiping themselves after they take a shit, some people, like, will kind of stand up and wipe themselves. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't believe that's real. Why is that? How? Wh- why? I don't know how that works. Hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of styles. I mean, I think the main style is, you know, you kind of lean forward a bit and then, you know, you, you wipe your asshole. What about for, what if people can't, I guess geometrically it's all the same, right? Well, I mean, if you stand up, I, I feel like you have to go between your ass cheeks and, you know, it's just kind of like in the way. Like now you get your whole hand in there. It's like, okay. Mm. So you're... We've I mean, gotten onto a shit topic again, but <laughs> so you're saying that the that it's only logical to use the toilet seat spreading your butt cheeks at, to your advantage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, otherwise, it's like uh, sucking your hand between like the uh, a mattress and the uh, you know the box spring. Well, yeah, but what better place is there to keep your money? This is a great point. This is a great point right here, and that's something that South Park does quite a lot. Is they bring up really good points about different topics and different political topics. Yeah, especially with political topics, they're able, they're just able to get both sides of the story and give them both in a way of saying you're both fucking ridiculous. Mm. I mean, I remember when it came out. Is uh, there's the two hundred and two hundred and one episodes, which were you know. They apparently they didn't think it really focused around uh, censorship and Muhammad and such, but uh, there was this one joke in there where, like, uh, is like I'm gonna draw a picture of Muhammad and it's just like this little stick pic, stick figure, and it was like, is, is that okay? Is that okay? And it like that one joke just encapsulates so much in it. Like, where's the line? Like, oh, man, it like if I could come up with that joke, I would be so happy. <laughs> well, you could. You just need to be brilliant. I'm trying to remember South Park episodes right now. It's not working. All right, we're going to go into my history. <laughs> like, remember that South Park episode where uh, Napoleon, <laughs> where Hitler took Poland? Do you remember that? Like, Nate, that was actually regular the world. <laughs> so so when, I fir- when I was first introduced to South Park, I was kind of uh, turned off because this was with my friend Ryan. You, you know Ryan. Oh, I know Ryan. And he's like, hey, watch the South Park, the movie. It's going to be great. And I'm like, oh, okay. And when I saw it, you know, I was like in sixth grade or something. I thought it was the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, it's just, I, I thought it was like uh, an adult kitty show for kids who just wanted to swear. Because I didn't swear in the past. You know, I don't know if people know that. but And all this happening is just Lexal swears and stuff. It's like, man, this is so childish right here. But... Eventually, I somehow got back in, back into it, or I started watching it. I, I think it was by accident. I saw actually I saw this one episode where uh, Cartman was trying to go back in time, and he's trying to file not all these whites to do it. Mm-hmm. And then he he eventually does it by like watching himself in like a, a thing. He drops him and TiVo at the same time into a kiddie <laughs> pool, and TiVo is pumped full of history documentaries <laughs> from the time period that he wanted to go back to. And it, 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 it was it was censored. It was on like a TBS or something. I don't know. It was kind of weird. <laughs> but uh, it, it was the, the the satire involved was so like on point in the the jokes the, the jokes the memes. I was like this this is so good. Mm. 
And from there, I just started watching it. And I actually went back and watched South Park, the movie. One of the smartest movies I've seen. Mm. Yeah, Matt Matt Parker, Matt, Matt Stone, Trey Parker, whatever the fuck their names are. Matt and Trey, they're... They are brilliant for sure. I think that's pretty undeniable as far as uh, iconic comedy and paving the way and being the definition of satire. Although the Simpsons are really good at it too, to be fair, if we're talking about uh, animated comedies. They just have a very different approach. Mm. What's interesting is uh, they had an episode called The Simpsons Did It. And apparently this evolved out of uh, boardroom meetings with – Every time you would have an idea, someone in the writer's room would say, Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. So eventually they thought they'd do an episode about it. And so they may have this whole episode with Butters and, you know, Simpsons did it and stuff. And so that was the B-plot. The A-plot was something about creating sea monkeys. sea monkeys and stuff and creating some utopia that, you know, goes all awry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they dive into their uh, their dead bus driver's stomach and pull out the semen that's in their stomach. Yeah, doesn't also Cartman sucks them out of a straw? <laughs> well, they needed to – after they found out that that was like creating a super race, then they had to find more semen. So they went to sperm banks, things like that. And uh, and then he, there's an offhand joke where Cartman says something like, yeah, and then I, the last little bit I got, but some guy made, made me go into an alley and suck it out of a straw with my eyes closed. And one of the guys <laughs> is like, suck it out of a straw? <laughs> And he's like, yeah, just suck you right out of a straw. <laughs> so I guess, I guess one little fact about that, that episode is, you know, they, they got went through it, they wrote it, they kind of like scripted it out and started, you know, getting it down. And then towards the very end, like, one guy is, is kind of like, yeah, okay, I still got to say it. The Simpsons already did this. Wait, 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 what do you mean? The Simpsons did So you guys were having such fun. I couldn't stop you. You know, I didn't want to bring you down. This, this whole, like, uh, sea race thing, the Simpsons did it. And they're like, fuck but then they're like, wait a second, wait a second. We can wrap up the A and B plot perfectly now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it ended up being uh, one of their one of their uh, devices there. Mm. Yeah, they're very good at, uh, at making A and B plots come together. Um, a lot of times in ways that you don't expect. Uh, while we're talking about outlandish things that, that happen on the show, um, there was that one episode where they were – where uh, Bottom's bottom, bottom Bitch – where he's doing the prostitution ring, and the B is uh, a is, is the police chief trying to take down um, prostitution rings by being a prostitute himself. And <laughs> there's the there's the when he gets into the car with that guy, some guy picks him up on the side of the road, and he gets into the car and he's he negotiates the price with him, and then he's like, it's like five bucks for a blowjob. 20 bucks for anal and the guy's like okay and gives him 20 bucks and then you, you he's supposed to say the uh he's supposed to say the um the code word to get the SWAT team to come in and uh so it looks like he's gonna say it he's like all right let's do this and then waits until the guy can like gets the services he paid for and then he's and then he says the code word afterwards, <laughs> and then he does it for like an entire, like a whole uh, a whole uh, fraternity, <laughs> like the entire fraternity. He fucks them all, and then he uh, he comes out and he's like, "That's a lot of work." He's like, "Bring this to evidence." And he's got a bag, like a huge freezer bag full of cum. 
<laughs> I, I think the ending joke with with that episode was uh, he gets married to this guy, and then uh, to the know, pimp, yeah. And then uh, at the very end, he's like, "I've got you." <laughs> F- yes, he he just takes his he takes everything way further than he has to, and that's the joke. Absolutely. And then the code word's like stretch. And he's like, man, you really gave my hole quite a stretch. <laughs> and then the guys in the swap van just look at each other like, what the fuck? One interesting character, you know, who's pretty iconic in the show is Cartman. Mm-hmm. And Cartman is one of these characters who really pushes the lines of, you know, the boundaries of. What's okay I, to say. What's okay to say. And he's just a terrible human being. I think we can say that. Mm-hmm. And I think the later seasons have been trying to flush him out a bit more because he, he's more complicated. But at the same time, he, he I don't know, he's, he's still kind of, like, likable. Like, I have to say, I love seeing Cartman on screen. Mm-hmm. And it, it's hard to say why exactly. He was originally based off of a a character from another TV show who used to say awful things. But they couldn't use the character very well because he was, like, a, just a full-grown man. So what they did was they said, what if we take the same character, what if we take the same character and we make him an eight-year-old boy? Then he can say whatever he wants and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of the innocence of childhood and you're kind of hiding behind that. Exactly. And it, it's worked. They make Carton do awful, awful things and it's okay because he's an eight-year-old boy. Mm. I think that's a, actually a writing technique in general and you'll see writers kind of kind of uh, going against this when they, there's things you don't agree with necessarily because oftentimes it's characters in shows who are used to make, you know, kind of rude or racist jokes. And, of course, these jokes aren't, like, like serious in a way. So I think in Family Guy, there's Brian the dog, and Brian the dog doesn't like black people. And they use that kind of character flaw in Brian to make a lot of racist jokes. Mm. And... From the context of the show, making those jokes is okay because the character in the show is racist himself. But if you were to make that joke yourself or have one of these, you know, writers making that joke, you know, say with a standard character, that would be seen as awful. If you had Peter making that joke, that would be awful. But you can actually create a context where the character is racist himself and you make that believable. And they do a great job of sometimes having that be a negative consequence and sometimes having it be a positive consequence of uh, like Cartman being racist. Uh, I can think of one episode where um the I think it's the Snook episode um and the Cartman's racist against the uh the the Middle Eastern boy who comes in to who who moves to school and that ends up being the 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 starting point for defusing a bomb in Hillary Clinton's snatch. So Cartman makes the point, if I wasn't racist, we never would have stopped this terrible thing from happening. So racism saved the day. And and Kyle, like, can't deny that. But he can be like, that's not the point. But it is true at the same time. So it kind of added – it just added another layer to something that – like, obviously, we nobody likes the racism. But in this specific instance – it did lead to something good happening. And that's, that brings up like a really kind of strange political issue or just kind of a philosophical issue where there might be, say, 
behaviors or attitudes which are bad but lead to good results. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is a great example. It might be someone who is, uh, you know, say, very against, say, uh, Islamic people or m- Muslim people. Islam's ideology. So it might be people who are very against Muslim people and, you know, very racist against them or uh, whatever the word would be. Uh, and they might act in a racist way, but, you know, maybe once, every once in a while they happen to be right about this one person, they might happen to be a terrorist, you know, and get me like, okay, it's, I guess it's a racism, was, racism was good this time. I, you know, it's, it's a really kind of weird issue to kind of delve into. Mm, definitely flawed logic in and of itself, um, but it, it gives a depth that otherwise – that is it, – it's misleading. It's a misleading depth dep- definitely to say like, oh, well, racism was good this one time. Like it, – it's it's not good as a rule um so i i don't know. i th- i just think that a lot of what they do is definitely really clever um to just shine different lights that you otherwise don't see you can kind of make a narrative around anything but i think the ultimate narrative to that kind of story is a broken clock is right you know twice a day right right good point very good analogy i i really like the funny bot episode i thought that one was really clever I didn't think that was very fun. I thought it was a great take on comedy in general. Like they're they're picking fun at themselves, and like the fact that they've won so many comedy awards, they're like, "What's the point of a comedy award?" Like <laughs> that's counterintuitive. Yeah, uh, was it Comedy Central had a comedy award, and right. they they got invited to, it and they're like, they're like in an impossible position right there. Yeah. Actually, that was one of the main things of the uh, episode, wasn't it? Absolutely. That's what ended up saving the day, was that logic. <laughs> They're <laughs> proposing a paradox to, a, to a, a, a machine would cause it to malfunction. And a, they made him a comedy, uh, an award for being the funniest. He said, if I accept the award, then that means I take myself seriously. If I take myself seriously, then that's not comedy. But I'm a comedian, so so if I don't take it, then that means that I, what? I, and then it explodes. Right, right. And uh, Steve, do you like do you like fish sticks? <laughs> Love them. Oh, really? What, what were you a gay fish? That that is the greatest joke ever written. <laughs> and they brutally murder Carlos Mencia in that episode. <laughs> Kanye West murders him with a baseball bat. He home run swings his head off. <laughs> in the news today, Carlos Mencia was found dead in his apartment with his head ripped off and fist sticks shoved down his open neck hole. <laughs> it's really kind of – I think that joke is kind of strange as far as South Park goes because South Park, I, I think in a weird way, they're not – they're in the comedy business. They're not in the joke-making business. They don't really make jokes. But they make comedy. They make kind of funny situations or kind of smart points or kind of – they show absurdity. It's kind of like uh, like you can say something sad, but they show something sad. Or you can say something funny, but they show something funny, mm. if that makes any sense. And I like that it's it's like the it, – it unites all races and genders. Like it's like the ultimate joke where in real life the ultimate joke is where do cats go when they die? purgatory it you can tell that joke in any language and it still makes sense it's still funny
In Spanish? Wait, where do cats go when they die? Purgatorio. Still still has gato in there. Still got cat, Nate. Um So that's the all inclusive joke yeah. in, in 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 real life. But fish dicks is a great joke. And I think that episode jokes Cartman a little bit better because he starts out doing very little um to help write the joke, but by the end his mind has twisted it to where he was the star the whole time to the point where he would let himself be murdered because he truly believes that that's what happened. And it shows, I think they describe it as the mental gymnastics that he goes through in order to make himself seem more important than he actually is. Mm, and you can really get inside the head of Cartman a lot of times. Uh, especially, oh my god, Scott Tennerman must die. Yeah. It, it's kind of weird because I had seen all the episodes, I thought. And then we got to uh, 201, and the, one of the big reveals was Scott Tennerman and... Uh, and I, you know who he was. You're like, oh my god, Scott Tenenman? And I was like, Wh- who's that? And I-, I used to watch all the episodes on my Zune. You know, that's an old thing back at Microsoft back in the day. IPods, wow, Nate, you're you're on the edge of civilization, just barely fringing in. But, but so I had all the episodes on there, and all of them except for this one, I guess, and I missed it. And so I went back and watched it, and. I was kind of like, like, okay, this is this is all right, I guess. Uh, okay, it's kind of interesting, and it's kind of sad. You really start empathizing with Carlin or sympathizing with that one, and it's like, oh, Carlin's really getting picked on. You you could really feel his kind of uh, his his sadness, his plight, his plight. And then the end comes, and you're you, you're happy for him, but at the same time, you're like, what the fuck. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty overboard in that one. And is that the first one where he says, Haha, Shiraj, you are? I think so. I think so. I don't know why I always remember that one thing, but just the Pink Floyd reference is amazing. I, I think they've said, uh, I've ride you out before as well. Oh, that makes sense. That's a li- That sounds like a little bit more of a, a common thing to, to say. Like, they could they could have accidentally written uh, written that, but they can't accidentally written, Haha, Shiraj, you are, like. That's too that's too outlandish to just say. Uh, fun fact: Pink Floyd got their name because of South Park. South Park. It's definitely South Park. South Park came over and they were like, "Hey, Pink Floyd, you should have a good name. How about Pink Floyd?" And they were like, "That's better than what we had. We were gonna be banana banana not muffin." Mm. And one interesting thing about South Park, which I find really kind of amazing. I mean, maybe I don't find it too, too amazing, but it's animated in within seven days. Yep. And Written and animated r- within seven days. Yeah. Well, the small caveat maybe being that they, they kind of get like what they call like one or two bank shows every season. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, generally written and animated within, you know, seven days. Mm-hmm. And this is why they had that one time where they were able to kind of uh, have the episode about the president, you know, the election with uh, Obama and uh, McCain, and have it, you know, almost be exactly and kind of write in who the winner was. Yep. They did the same thing with the most the most recent season, too. I haven't seen the most recent season, really. Oh. Well, I- there's a big emphasis on Hillary versus Trump. Except Trump in their universe is dead because he was fucked to death by Mr. Garrison. I remember that. And then Mr. Garrison ran for president. Mr. Garrison becomes Trump at the end of one of one season. And then that's the start of the next season where he's running for president and he becomes Trump. 
I remember member berries. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, they make a really good point with member berries. Uh, I don't know. I'm. I just want to see how it concludes and see if it. Uh, it, maybe they'll wrap it all together in a way that I didn't even perceive it's possible, and that will. Uh, that'll redeem it. I was really disappointed with the uh, conclusion of the initial plot with uh, I forget what season it was, but it's like they had I think it was Trudy, like uh, the principal was always like, "Oh, shut up, Trudy," and then it became like, "Oh, it's the ads, it's the ads, the ads are kind of getting to you and stuff," and and then PC principal eventually kind of killed it off or something, and then the uh, what was the Whole Foods kind of went off into space. <laughs> All very normal things happen on South Park, but out of context, that sounds fucked. I feel like they had something there, something very interesting, and they couldn't quite figure out how to do it. PC Principle was an amazing decision by them to bring South Park into the 21st century. Mm, mm, They were stuck where they were at, and PC Principle changed the game. It was way more than just a character coming in. It was a decision to pivot their entire show and i think it was a brilliant decision it really did change a lot i know i, know I used to read like the uh, message boards a lot and people really didn't like him very much and i think that's part of the thing that uh is so ingenious about him he's you don't like him mm-hmm. and it provides a barrier for the characters to overcome because this is a barrier that's not unlike uh the other barriers he beat the fuck out of carmen that was great. That was great. Carmen's like, I'm trying to frame you with, with Butter's key, the underwear. <laughs> He's beating the fuck out of her. He's like, stop marginalizing people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Uh, something I found really weird, but really great about the uh, new seasons is, I mean, I mean, South Park got very, very grand. Like, every episode was, like, about saving the world, or doing this, doing that. Like, way, way too grand. And these new episodes, to a large part, they're much less grand, much less in scale, but they feel far, far more important, far, far more grand. Like, they're very more, much more personal, but the implications get brought up. I mean, it's just because they have, like, you know, continuous plots now. But, like, I, I don't know, there's this episode where, like, uh, all the girls are breaking up with the boys. And the ending of that was like, oh, shit, man. Oh, shit. Gender war. <laughs> was the whole thing with butters like dicks out or something like that? Mm-hmm. Dicks out, stand up with your dicks out. <laughs> He's just going around with his dick out. Oh boy! <laughs> and then at one point they're like, "Butters, not now." He's like, "Sorry." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's this beating up that one episode where it's like, uh. It's like they're watching a basketball game, and then one of the players just like sits down or something, and then and then start like announcing, "Oh my god, you're gonna sit down next!" Oh my god, you're gonna sit down. And I, I think I think that's very good commentary on uh, kind of the, when you do something kind of out not outlandish, but kind of out of character or kind of out of the standard bounds of societal convention or the games with the, the rules of the sport. Like people start asking, "Is this person gonna do it? Is this person gonna do it?" And then that's what people pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, and that, that's what people are looking for. They're not really watching the game; they're watching to see if people do that. Right. Like everybody went to the game, and it was a huge turnout for the game. And they went at during the national anthem is when some people either kneeled or whatever, 
And then after the national anthem, everybody left. They're like, wow, that was a great, that was a great, great game. Like they only came to see that one thing. They didn't care about the game itself. And I think that exactly exemplifies what you're saying. Yeah, I've, I've done stuff like that myself. <laughs> Wait, which part of it? I mean, not not know that, but I can't come up with an example. But I know there's been stuff I've just watched just to see this one little part, see if someone does something. Just yeah. go into a movie theater just so that you can listen to the <laughs> opening theme for the movie theater and then walk out. Like, man, yeah. it's always good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think also the conclusion to the episode. So, for people don't who don't know, uh, who is it? Hans Zimmer or something? Or no, the uh, the guy who did Star Wars. Uh, they were trying to get him to rewrite the national anthem. national anthem to better <laughs> to solve this problem. Of people sitting down, this catastrophe, and you know he's like working on it and stuff. Or they, they have to convince him and stuff, and he starts working on it and like. When I watch TV shows, like I'm often thinking, how they can, how are they going to resolve this? What are they going to do? What can pay off for this? And I couldn't figure this one out because I'm like, they're, they they got themselves in a corner. They wrote themselves into a corner. And then at the very end, you know, the the uh, the, the thing comes up comes up with is, you know, you may st- uh, stand, sit, or whatever you want to do for the national anthem, and then just play the national anthem. <laughs> and it was the most ingenious kind of basic <laughs> thought ever. They they made they made a really really simple way to solve what they considered a problem, like nothing. It, it, what's what I find so ingenious is they 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 considered that whole part rewrite the rewriting of the national anthem, mm-hmm. right? They're pointing out one thing in the <laughs> just, beginning, <laughs> just like an extra three words, like please rise or sit or kneel for the national anthem. <laughs> And what's also great about that little plot device is, uh, so get Mr. Garrison in that episode was trying to not win the election. He was trying to like really fuck himself, and so I, I forget what we plan on doing, but he wanted to uh, be a rebel and not do something. I think it was either not sit down or sit down or not sit down or something like that. And then this whole new national anthem actually fucked him because it didn't matter what he did. No one's mm-hmm. watching him anymore. That was yeah. That was his big plan was to. To do something outlandish, but it ended up not mattering. J.J. <laughs> uh, Abrams saved the day. J.J. Abrams? No, that's the director. Yeah. Was it J.J. Abrams? I thought, I thought that was the musician. I don't know. Composer. Uh, they Whoever directed Star Wars is the one that they were going to have fix it. Because they're like, if he could save Star Wars, he can do anything. Maybe. maybe I'm pretty sure. All right, fact checkers out there. Do the work for us. Who is J.J. Abrams? What did he direct? And also, who is the musician who d- – no, composer who does that thing with J- Star Wars? J.J. Binks? J.J. J- J- <laughs> they had a great take on Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, they did with the um, – what, what, what are they called? Mm, the uh, – Whoop! Yeah. Yeah, they were obnoxious. <laughs> well, you got the episode where they uh, – what was it, George Lucas and uh, the other guy, Spielberg, like, fuck Indiana Jones to death? In three <laughs> different rape scenes <laughs> taken from three different movies? <laughs> Look, yeah, that's uh, that's the China problem one. I mean, to do that, like, is, is so, like... Because that was the A plot and the B, or, or the B, and the other plot was Cartman worried that Asians were taking over and him and Butters dressing in, like, really offensive outfits 
trying to find out what the problem was. And then Butters <laughs> shot everybody in the dick. <laughs> and then the cops were outside and they were going to take him down. And Cartman just walks out. He's like, if you're going to shoot people in the dick, I will not be a part of this. Take me away, boys. <laughs> and that's when they're like, they got him. And then everybody on the police force cries. So Cartman doesn't get in any trouble. <laughs> you don't shoot someone in the dick. I think that's actually something that's kind of true. Like, even among, like, maybe it's not actually true, but I, I do think there's that kind of, like, uh, pride. You know, you don't shoot people in the dick. You don't do that. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just not good manners. Yeah, I mean, it's like in fights. You don't kick people in the balls. Well, ideally, no. But if you're fighting for your life, then all bets are off. Yeah. Well, if you're talking about a contest, like, a, that's a different story. Well, I mean, let's say you're, like, drunk and you can get into a brawl with some guy at a bar and you could get the guy in the balls. People can be like, dude, man, what the, what the fuck? If you were trying to kill me, Nathan, I would not feel any shame going for your balls. Okay, let's say it was just, like, a drunken fight, though. Like, If this is just a, a, a friendly scrap or a, a difference of opinions, no, I mean, that's not socially acceptable to, to go for the balls. But in a fight, a win is a win, and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. <laughs> Stone Cold said so. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> What's that thing that South Park does? I'm trying, I'm trying to remember. Like, like, today I think I've learned something. Like, how they always wrap up the story. See, I've learned something today. It's not about whether you win or lose. It's about how funny you are. And South Park is pretty funny. 10 out of 10 in my heart. I learned that by watching it. I learned that by you watching it and telling me it's funny. And that's how I get all my opinions. This is just pretty much what we did today. We just sucked the dick of South Park. Through a straw. Just put it in a bag. Or either that, we, we ate the pussy out, but that doesn't sound as like... I don't know why, but, you know, like, eating a pussy out doesn't sound as appetizing as sucking a dick. Well, maybe that's a personal thing, Nate. You know, well, it's like, you know, I ate the pussy out of South Park. This doesn't sound right. You, you munched its box. My, my, that's good. You munched the box of South Park. You just gotta go a little, a little less literal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Well, I think this is something we need to talk about. Oh, that was a good outro. Did you love the episode? Well, give us a rating on iTunes. Also, we're on Twitter at WNTT1 and Facebook. We need to talk show. Also, give our friends a rating. What's the finish? Great podcast about wrestling and also shot of history about history and drinking. And until next time.